Kelly. And he sends it back for Keary. He's going to kick over the top. And Manu is unmarked. And the ball bounces perfectly. Electric footy from the Roosters. Well, we couldn't have asked for a better Saturday, 15th of July, as fans packed into the Sydney Cricket Ground to watch our mighty Cox take on the might of Bellany and the Melbourne Storm. Daniel Tupu, he had tries on his mind and try he did. Well, he's equaled Minnie's record. Well, Rads and JWH, big games, cleared by the judiciary, but not the result we wanted. Coach Robertson, in the press conference, he calls it an arm wrestle of a game. Fans, well, they're looking and searching for answers. It's a week of Roosters Radio. Silky, I tell you what, it's a week of confusion. We need to win six of the next seven games to even be a chance of making the eight, maybe ninth. We don't know. It's in the hands of the gods. So everyone, all Roosters fans collectively, get on your knees, pray to Jesus, pray to Buddha, pray to Allah, pray to God, because we need a miracle. Welcome to Roosters Radio. Silky, what do you think? How do you see it? Everyone's saying our season's done. I'm trying to keep the faith, but I tell you what, it's difficult at the moment. Bush, I'm trying to keep the faith, but the performance there on Saturday night, we're up there watching it. It was a gutsy first 40 minutes by our side. I thought we were unlucky to go into the change rooms 6-4 down. I thought we had pretty much uh, the run of the, the play for, for I dare say, 96% of the time. Good early defence, plenty of pressure on the Melbourne Storm. We forced a few errors. I thought they, I, I thought we were the better side. There was the intercept try, of course. You know, they ran 95 metres, and then we were able to score through Toops uh, with a couple of minutes left on the clock. So it was all to play for uh, going into the sheds at half time, but made, unfortunately, a, a, a poor 10 to 15-minute period in that second half. The floodgates opened, and, and mate, look, it, it's, um, it's hard to see us being competitive um, when it comes to making the eight from there. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think Robbo mentions in the press conference, Coach Robinson mentions it's an arm wrestle. It was for 40 minutes. Yeah. But a side like Melbourne, we all know, and it's from the armchair, as fans, they'll put it right on you if you have a lapse. We had a lapse and, and there seemed to be a bit of confusion out there. Uh, we didn't ice opportunities. Joseph uh, Su'ali'i missed a couple of goals that he probably would normally get. So you know, it adds to the momentum. You know, for me, it just seems that, you know, when we, as Roosters fans, when the momentum's with us, we seem to be going really well. The momentum's not with us. There's something amiss there that we can't put our finger on. We're not inside the four walls. It's not through lack of effort. I don't no, think it's through no. lack of effort. No, I think you've got to be fair when it comes to that. I think the coach... Uh, is feeling the pressure. I think the team is feeling the pressure. I think the fans are, you know, the expectations are there. I mean, we've blown out at the start of the year from $4.50 to $101 to win the competition. Uh, if you said that at the start of the year, they'd say, mate, I'll take your bet. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an Bush, interesting... I think, to to be fair, we're playing like 100-to-1 shots at I, the moment. Like, look, I, 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 it's got to be addressed. Some of our fifth tackle options go on the short side, I think, maybe three times, three or four times. That's not Roosters footy. I'm sorry, but like we, that's just not how we play. And and it was the mind was just kind of my mind was bending inside out, going, "What, what is this?" That looked like a team that had run out of ideas. Yeah, I mean, you and, see, and the that's game. what that's how I felt. I, I thought, like Luke here in particular, tried his guts out. Like if, for notable mentions, you touched on Toops there, 165 meters, three line breaks, two tries. You know, now equaling Minnie's. Um, 
met his record for the time being. Let's hope he uh, goes one better this weekend against the Titans. It was good to see Siwa Wong uh, get his first try in the I, NRL. I thought he went all right. Yeah. I, I thought he really you know, put in a decent effort for a, a kid that's only played a handful. Natty Butcher topped the tackle count, 39 tackles. Joey Manu, nine tackle breaks. Like So statistically, they're, they're good numbers. Errors hurt us. I think it was 14 to 5 or something like that. Mm. But, um, yeah, it was just that period in the game. and They just, like, some of those tries were soft, mate. Yeah, but really they, soft. Mel- Melbourne make you pay. By the way, Joey Manu, most uh, most run metres at 224. Bush, the highlight for me, I've got to say, um, look, you know, we, we were waxing lyrical about Toops crossing the stripe twice to, to get that milestone try scoring record for the club. But uh, big fan of the show. Uh, many a Roosters fan will know him. It's the uh, it's the YouTube phenomenon Hainsey, who was uh, called out onto the field at halftime. The big fella, yeah, he was. He's um, kicking for his life, as they say. He's got the uh, the, the kick in front for the twenty twenty four membership, and he's put it right over the black dot. He was never going to miss. It was Keith Barnes like. You know, oh, back in my day, Tony Milrose, when I used to run the sand on for the Roosters back in the old days. He just planted that thing and just, it was like a three or four step lead in and just went bang. If it's long enough, it's straight enough, and it was right between the uprights. Well done, Hainsey. I tip my hat to you, son. Yeah, and Hainsey, I believe, flies from Brisbane. Is that correct? I don't know. He's everywhere, mate. He's a mad rooster. He bangs the drum. He's on the... I don't know where he is, Hainsey, but mate, there's a big rap on Roosters Radio for you. Yeah, big shout out, Hainsey, for giving us one of our finest moments. Uh, <laughs> of the year. Of the year. It's good to see one of the good guys get one between the posts. And uh, let's hope we get a few between the posts. <laughs> Silky, I, I think when we talk footy, we talk here and we talk all the time coming from the armchair. I mean, what, what are the changes do you think we need to make? Or what do you think if if you were advising Coach Trump? There's a lot of talk. We, we, we are on forums. We talk to you know some inner circle. We talk to other fans. We talk to former players. No one can seem to put their finger on it. What do you think is going on at the Roosters at the moment that is causing the results? What activities do we need to change? What what positions do we need to change? What do we need to do? Your Coach Robinson of the day, what are you doing this week? Oh, mate, uh, it, it, it kind of feels like it changes from week to week, right? So the problem we have is our inability to score points. And once again, I think we were four points in the first half. That's been the biggest problem all year is our inability to score points. And then the other on the other side is that we're leaking points defensively, right? So if you look at the Melbourne game in isolation, mm. we had opportunities in the first half, errors of a, of a repeat set or something early in the tackle count, yeah. giving the ball back. Our kicking game, once again, we've highlighted this on a couple of shows. Our kicking game's not where it should be compared to some of those top four or top eight teams. And, mate, that, that's kind of hurting us, right? There's no kind of magic wand and, and think, well, if you put a player here and, and player there, it's going to fix it. Like, it's just been – it's 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 really hard to to kind of, I, I think, nail down positional plays. I mean, look, in hindsight, the whole Joey Manu at six, it's fair to say, didn't work. So maybe we probably persisted with that too long. Don't know. You know, that's what you know. plenty of judges of football are saying. Um, but, I mean – Look, I, th- I think the left edge has been a problem in attack. The, the 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 kick to the corner hasn't been as successful this year as it has in previous years. Obviously, usually we've had well last year we'd have so we had two tall wingers. We're going to have that again next year with Dom Young and Toops. So that, that's something to look forward to. But um, yeah, I mate, I honestly can't 
put, I mean, I've mentioned a few things there, but I, there's nothing I can say that in real confidence that, that if they, if, if we did it tomorrow, it would change the season. And, and, and you know, I'm so glad you said that because I think you share the general opinion of many Roosters fans, plenty of good armchair judges, plenty of former players, some inner circle, some people we talked to on different forums and platforms. No one can seem to pinpoint. I went to the coach whisperer on Sunday and I said, mate, what's going on? And he said, simple, mixed energies. He said, I can fix it. And I said, well, I'm glad you can. I said, it's mixed energies. Get in there and do something, son, because we need a turnaround. And I think I don't think it's through lack of effort from the players. It's, you can never you, you can never question a, I a think footballer's effort. There's some players that probably aren't playing to the standards that they probably want. You talk about the defence and the Bondi wall. There's some lapses there that ordinarily wouldn't be there or what we've come to expect as, as the core, or as Robbo says, our home. You know, So I think if we can fix those little things, it's a tough run. But I'm going to say this. We've got to keep the faith. I've got faith in the whole squad. I've got faith in the coach, and and you know what? It's in Robbo we trust. So, I'm uh, you know I'm not going to use the word hope, because uh, you know I don't think it's a strong enough word. I trust we can get it done. Now, okay, let me just be devil's advocate here. Yeah. Right? When you say we can get it done, what do you mean there? Because I mean we, we can, can get scrape it, we can win, home. We can, well, we let can me tell win, you, we can win next week. And let's talk wait, about if the, you look at the draw, it's a pretty tough draw. I don't have that same sentiment as you. Just to be to be well, let me clear. tell you. I, uh, you know, got to say to you, let's talk about the elephant in the room, resting Teddy. Teddy's copped an absolute pasting. No problem with that. And, and just on that. And I've got no problem with yeah. Teddy being in Byron Bay with his beautiful oh, wife uh, who's expecting. I, I was really disappointed in, in, oh. the, in the media crap that they've peddled out this week. You, you know to, what? That's it's, just rubbish. You know what's nice about that? Is at least they're consistent. Right, they just the the, the diatribe of, of of junk they just portray in the paper, mate. You Everyone, know what? but Bush, you went to a function on Friday where it was it was uh, mentioned, and it was and Rob actually spoke to it because he needed a he, rest. Right? He explained it beautifully, and everyone went. You know what? Geez, I'm glad you're our coach, because everyone's going to have an opinion on things, and and opinions can be divisive. The the, the decision to rest Teddy is he is a great it. one. Not only has he earned it, mate, he he's, he needs it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, in any workplace, I don't know anyone that says, oh, I'm going on holidays or I'm going to take a couple of days, but I'm going to come to work and watch you all. Who does that? And the papers make this big beat up. Mate, he needs to just come back and show the form that we know from Teddy, show the leadership. I actually think it's a masterstroke. I actually think that he will come back. And I think Teddy is a game breaker and Teddy will be one we'll be looking to as we take on the next, uh, I guess, six games. Silky, we've got uh, Titans. Broncos going to be tough, I acknowledge. Manly again, which is strange, but those little Northern Eagles, they love to get a hold of us, but at least we're at home this time. Um, I think we can right the wrongs against Manly. I think we need to play like we played against Manly. Dolphins seem to have lulled from their uh, early season you know, hiatus. Parramatta Eels are really, really tough games. So, and then Tigers, we can't take them for granted because they're a side that are desperate to get off the bottom of the ladder. So they're equal to trying to get into the eight. Uh, and then, of course, we finish with the old arch rivals, South Sydney. There's going to be a lot of hatred in this game. It's out at a core stadium, but it's going to be huge. And and it might be the deciding game, as it's been for minor premierships in the past, that get us into the eight. So, look, if you look at it game on game, we're not going to look that far ahead. That's just highlighting who we're up against. So we've got some, some big mountains to climb. Uh, starting this week with the Titans, and I like what Coach Robinson says this week. It starts this week. There's no magic pill. There's no magic wand. But I believe we have the cattle. I believe we have the troops, whatever analogy you want to put to it. I just think that we've got to tweak some certain things and players have got to play to the form that we're used to. I'll put it to you, Bush, because there was a couple of signs that I kind of picked up on when our boys were behind the, the goal line there after a couple of tries as energy. 
Now, I know it's been a long season for a lot of our players who were at World Cups and, and so on and so forth. Um, and I felt or thought I'd, uh, like, you know, they call it the old heads dropping after a try. We get to this time of the year and it's it's 50-50 if you will. Like, I mean, if we lose this week, well, it is out, right? If the players are kind of running on a bit of empty, and I mean, a lot of clubs are probably going through the same thing, but, you know, I, I just feel that it looks like there's some tired boys out there, be it origin campaigns, playing for their countries and so on and so forth. It's been a long, long 12 months, so I, I feel like a few of the boys probably getting a bit heavy in the legs. Father time is getting hold too. Maybe it's just not that, I, I dare say, um, excitement, if you will, to be heading to training this time of year with the, with where we're sitting on the table. Yeah, look, I think that, that, contrary to that, I think they're professionals. I think that they know, they, they know. Any footy side wants to get up every single week. Doesn't matter who you are. Couldn't wouldn't matter if you're. The... I'm not saying I'm not. I'll go back to that. That's an effort thing. But I'm saying mentally. Okay. Yeah, they're probably flat. But you know what? A camp or a training or a couple of days off, and I don't know what the program is from Coach Robinson, but he's acutely aware of the performance management side. Don't forget off the field, many disruptions that I think contributed to that. So we're losing. You talk about energy. I think you're right. I actually I, I spoke to the coach whisper about this on Sunday and he said, mate, there's mixed energy. He said, you've got to think about it. During the year, Jason Rolls goes, the defensive coach. I'm actually, um, you know, very happy with the inclusion of Jake and Boyd as a, as a Roosters fan and, a, and an armchair critic. Um, the performance coach at the start of the year, well, you know, he's now down, down in Melbourne after a few rounds. So there's been a lot of mixed message for the players as well. Not that that's an excuse. I'm just agreeing with what you said. And I think we need to get back to that unified energy and become... You look at blokes like Hargraves. Hargraves is having a sensational season. And I'm glad he's re-signed for next year. And I'm glad Toops has because they're the last core that have been there since 13, 18, 19. yeah. And yeah, you know what? It would be it would be crazy not to say Father Time's getting them a little bit Mate, Daniel Tupu, I'll tell you right now, has, has been since he's come back from injury, has been top three players every week. Absolutely. Yeah. So and, no problem. And, and Father Time's getting them just chronologically, right? Regardless, yep. just... You know, from a from a biological point of view, yeah, they're getting yeah, older. Yeah. But they're at the bit Hargraves is probably one of the better players. I've got South people telling me having coffee in the morning going, mate, I must admit, geez, he's playing good. Mm. Wouldn't every side love a Hargrave? So, you know, we've got all the ingredients we need. We just need to turn it I think but, and, energy and on your point, that's what I'm saying. It's an like so it's an energy. So thing. that's what I'm saying, it's energy. It's that want to to go to training and do those extra one percenters that are talked about, right? Because from where we're sitting, finals is a long way away. I mean, if if it's even in sight, that ability to get up out of the chair and jump in the car and get to training and all those compounding things from a subconscious level, it makes it harder. Well, I'm just glad we got Trent Robinson coaching because I tell you what, not only is he intellectual, he's looking for answers. He's constantly searching to improve himself. And this is what I reckon. He always says this every year, right? The season proper is the season proper. Now, we expect to finish top four every year. We know yep. that. When he gets challenged like this, we had that challenge a couple of years ago during the COVID period, I believe. We had so many injuries and they performed so well. They weren't expect. That was the year to let them off. Yeah. We had every injury under the sun and they get in and they've got that will and they've got that core of where we're from. He talks about being an area of toughness and being an area 
of immigrants and and uh, different people come from different backgrounds. No one wanted to live in the eastern suburbs. That's our history. Everyone says, oh, it's the soft latte drinking cafe culture. No, it's not. It comes from really, look at the grandfathers. Look at your grandfather. Look at look at the people that lived here and grew up. And that's what he tries to instill into Rooster's style of footy. I've heard him speak on it many times. And I love that. And I think taking it game by game, that's all he can do. Now, look, every week is do or die, right? So it's like turning up the casino with all your chips. That's what we're doing this week. We're still bringing our bag of casino chips. We're going to put them on the table and let it ride. I reckon you've got to go week at a time, as he says, and I reckon we've got to change. And I agree with you. The energy's got to change. I don't think it's an effort thing for the players. There's just something as Roosters fans, you get there and you're a little bit uncertain where you turn up other times to the game and you see in Roosters years gone past in 2002, we played the Broncos in a semi, we ended up in the grand final beating the Warriors. You could see the energy, you could see the speed off the line. Ricky Stewart had him, it was just like Morley, and he just went, oh my God, we just absolutely... Well, even 2018 was the same. We went into 2018, with even with a busted up Cooper Cronk. Our defence was, was attacked. Be- there was, yeah, there was the belief there. And can I tell you, two weeks ago against Manly, I saw the same side in flickers 2018, of it, yeah. flickers of, of that. So I don't think we're far off. I just, I've got to keep the faith, and Robo we trust. But here's what's exciting. NRLW is coming up. Hallelujah. And I could tell you... Huge, huge fan of Coach John Strange. I think uh, not only just through his access, but the way the the the, you know, the girls talk about him, it makes you want to be part of it. You talk about cultures, and you know we've got a great culture in the men's team. Uh, great, great leadership, great coaching. Johnny Strange has had great success with those girls. There's a lot of chess pieces, as I say, moving around the board. Lots of player movement in RLW it's, as it evolves. But what's exciting is a couple of new teams involved this year. Four new teams, in fact. It's going to be a bigger challenge for our girls. We had the pleasure of um, interviewing Millie Boyle and Keely Davis a couple of weeks ago, and they are supreme athletes and, uh, you know, so good to talk to, and they're excited about the challenge upon them. There sure has, Bush. And as you rightfully say, some big names have joined the club this year uh, in our NRLW side. Uh, Taryn Aiken, the uh, Gillaroos 5'8", Amber Hall, um, Bronco, former Bronco, as is Taryn Aiken, former Bronco. Uh, she's a Kiwi international. Plus, we get uh, the likes of Keely and Millie Boyle. And, of course, Corbin Baxter returns uh, after having a second child. The skipper. And, and uh, Bridie Parker, uh, who missed all of last year with a knee injury. So, plenty of big names joining the club. Um, I know confidence is high. Uh, kickoff is Saturday, 7.45 p.m. But we caught up with Coach Johnny Strange and manager Diane Michelides ahead of their trip up the coast. Here's a little of what they had to say. Welcome back to Roosters Radio, and it gives me great pleasure to welcome, for the first time in season 2023, our NRLW head coach and the NRLW team manager. We've got John Strange and Diane Michelides. Guys, welcome, and Dee, especially to you, on debut for Roosters Radio. You've been around the club for a Jeez, as long as I can remember, <laughs> finally making your debut. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. We were just talking about that. I think it's started up at East Leagues Club in 2002. Yep. yep. Done some mileage there, Dee. Yeah. Just a few years, yeah. She's ready for long you're service. Giving how, you're giving away how old I am. Uh, <laughs> Me too, don't worry. Uh, guys, we're really excited to talk to you ahead of our big match this weekend against the Broncos, but it's been a big off-season. But, strangely, the question I ask our coaches before we kick off the season, I ask Robbo every year and I ask the same question to you. If you had to grade last season, what would you grade it? Oh, look, it's uh, obviously we didn't win the comp, so yeah, it's certainly not an A. It's a real difficult one, actually, because we had the two seasons in the one year, 
yeah, we struggled in the first, early in the first season and ended up coming home and kept building and ended up winning the comp. And then we had that break in between and I just really felt like we continued from that, um, how we were playing in that grand final. Uh, we really continued that and went through the regular rounds undefeated and we were actually playing a lot better in yeah. that second season than, than the, the season that we won it. So it's a real, it's a difficult one. I guess, you know, people have asked me that before. Like we went out in that semi-final and, you know, as we know with the format, you don't get a second bite at the cherry, but it's a difficult one. Like I think we, we won the, the comp that we probably didn't deserve to and we, and we, and obviously didn't win the comp that we deserve to win. So if you sort of sum both of those up in the one, one year, I think it was, um, yeah, it, it was a, it was a positive year for us. Um, but very disappointing to play so well as a team in that second season and not, um, not get the premiership. Do you think the fact that you played two seasons in one, obviously everyone had to go through it, but prep preparing, obviously you have, you know, your rep games as well. You've got your other competitions behind it. Is it preparing that was the challenge for that year? No, not really. Uh, like we came in, I think we were underdone to start off the first season um, with, with COVID and we were training in groups, but you know, that, everyone was in the same boat. So yeah, but we lost our first couple and then we built and obviously went on to win that comp. Um, and like I said, we hit the ground running in the second season and we're playing really good footy. And um, unfortunately on that day, as it can happen in rugby league, you know, the bounce of the ball, we let it bounce a few times and it sort of went into the Eels' hands and, and they capitalised and they played really well. Like they were they were, they were a really strong side who um, they completed around 90% both halves and, you know, we were then chasing the game at the back end and, you know, we come up short. So look, that's that's rugby league. But like I said, so certainly not an A because we didn't win the comp. That's our that's our our goal. But it was a really positive season. And, and like I said, we played better in that season than we did when we we actually won it. Looking forward to this season. New teams, a lot of new players in the in the group. What are you most looking forward to in uh, season twenty twenty three? I'm looking forward to the style of play. Um, obviously, we've got some roster changes as, as you've mentioned and. You know, we've brought some players in that um, that I believe are players that are going to play the certain style that we want to play, uh, which is is a lot more ball movement. We're still going to be powerful, aggressive, but we've got some players in, and Taryn Aiken's obviously one of those players that's going to going to help us. Um, her and Jocelyn Kelleher in, in the halves in particular are going to help that that ball movement that um, that we want to do. That's slightly different to to both seasons last year. So for me, that's that's exciting. Part of it is how we're going to play, which is going to be slightly different. You know, and we've got some other good players that have come in as well, like Amber Hall, really strong back rower. Uh, Keely Davis, a really smart nine. Um, so she's going to help that spine out as well. Uh, Millie Boyle up front is just a workhorse and um, she's really adapting well to this group. So, yeah, look, it's really exciting with the changes. But like I said, more for me that I'm, that I, I know that we've got the players that play the style we're going to play. Just on players, two that you didn't mention there, Corbin Baxter returning after uh, giving birth for the second time, and uh, she's back on deck, which is great. Yeah. She's the captain. Uh, you can see in the photo behind you there yeah. uh, in our inaugural NRLW Premiership. But one that I'm fascinated with, Strangey, uh, I'll just get my notes here so I get the pronunciation correct, Pauline Montserrat, the right, French import. Good. You that's, just wanted to say it. I just wanted to say it. <laughs> You're showing off now. That was very good. I want to be global. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of fans in France. Yeah. How how did we get a French import? Talk us through yeah. it. Yeah, so she she played in the World Cup um, last season for France, played back row for them. And uh, with Robbo being in, in, involved with um, French Rugby League as their um, director of sport there or director of Rugby League, yeah, she got in contact with him and then he actually uh, reached out to me before Harvey Norman kicked off and just said, look, is there an opportunity 
for her to come and at least be in the squad, um, you know, of one of our pathways teams. And I said, absolutely. Uh, I did watch a play over there in the World Cup and, um, yeah, you're tough, um, athletic and fast and skillful. So, yeah, we put her in that and, um, she's going really well. She's the, the struggle with her has been the language barrier. Her English was okay when she, when she came over and that's, it probably held her back a little bit in the Harvey Norman comp just with that communication with the girls around her. But what, what I've decided to do is put her in as a development player in NLW because I believe next year she'll be ready for NLW, but it's, um, she wouldn't have been ready right now. And like I said, it's purely based on the language, but you know, I had, I've had a couple of good chats to her. She spends at least an hour a day learning English and she works at these leagues on the, on the front desk. So, and the girls there are awesome. They're really, they're really, um, helping her with the English. And so she's picking it up really well. So, um, yeah, very exciting. She's a great girl. She's, she's going to be one for the future for us for sure. Very interesting indeed. Uh, you mentioned just then pathway strangey. I know you're very, um, passionate about it and getting our young up-and-coming players to play in the NRLW. Yep. What are some of the players, if you can just have a chat to us about who's come through the pathways and making, yep. you know, this season their debut? Yeah, well, well, obviously, you know, we know we know about um, Keely Joseph's pathway, you know, right through to the first girl to ever do it um, in a club's full pathway system. So also last year we had a Tessa Peele who came out of um, Tarshi Gale and was player of that competition. And then she went into the um, our Central Coast Rooster side and really developed there with with the women. Um, it's just obviously it's a step up from the girls' footy to the women's, and um, that was last season. And then she went from there into her NRLW and played every every game. Uh, and then she ended up getting um, you know on the plane over to UK representing uh, New Zealand in the World Cup. So it's a really good story for a Tessa, and um, and she's back again. So. This year, we've got a lot of girls. Obviously, it's been another successful year with our Tasha Gale team. So, yeah, I've spoken to quite a few of the girls that have aged out, that, so they won't be in that squad again next year and just talk to them about um, you know, coming into, obviously, our Central Coast Roosters side and follow the same path as Keely Joseph and Atessa Peel. Yeah, so it's really exciting. And one of those girls has actually has jumped straight in from Tasha Gale, which is pretty rare. You know, you get some Joseph Sawalis, I guess, in the boys' game, but... Savano um, Papali um, actually played in in that side, our Tasha Gale side, and so she's she's in our twenty four. So yeah, so she's still developing as well. Um, I'm expecting her to get some game time, not straight away. Like she's she's developing as a half for us. Uh, well, we've got um, Taryn Aiken and and Jocelyn Kelleher in there. She's learning from them and learning what you know what it's about at this level. So I expect her to get some game time as well this year, which will be really exciting. Well, it's very exciting for the women's game. I tell you, seeing all these juniors coming yeah, through the ranks and, um, you know, it's, we started with such a small competition, but let's touch on that. Ten teams now, four new teams into the competition. There's going to be nine rounds, I believe. And then, and then the finals and whatnot. The four new teams, we've got the Raiders, Cowboys, Tigers and Sharks. I bet you're excited now with a bigger comp. Yeah, look, look, it is. Um, it, it's really exciting. So uh, it's more work for D, obviously. Um, we're going to touch we're on that. We're going to get on that in a minute. Because um, behind every man, there's a good woman. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And I, I don't turn up to a game without um, D making sure I've got the right shoes on and the right jacket and stuff like that. So if, I, if it wasn't for D, I know I'd be lost and a lot of the players would as well. Um, but yeah, it is really exciting. Obviously, the game's growing and yeah, like you said, four new teams. Now it's up to nine rounds. You know, two match final series still, but that'll that'll keep building. So it's yeah, it's really exciting. But uh, like I said, Dee's uh, yeah, she's had to start on this a little bit earlier than normal. 
Yeah. <laughs> but most old Roosters fans will know the great Jack Gibson had uh, Ron Massey in his corner and you've got Dee. So over to you now, Dee, team manager for, for the uninitiated. Just talk us through a day in the life of a football manager because I don't think many people would have a true understanding of what is what your job entails. Well, I guess the first thing is booking a field, making sure we've got a field which – for us this year has been made a little bit easier now that the field at the show ring and entertainment quarter is being used. It's really nice and close to our home base. So that's there and it only really needs to be sort of managed if we, if it's not up to scratch for a session. And we're lucky enough to um, train on Saturdays down at Kipax. So that's kind of the first thing. I guess other things that you need to, to sort of even get started with is gear or your equipment. <laughs> um, we had to get some footy posts for, for the field behind us, um, training and playing gear. And this year with the expansion, we've actually moved to have an away strip as well as yeah, right. a oh, home strip. Awesome. Um, and all NRLW clubs have moved away from white shorts, I believe. So we've bought in blue. So our home strip looks a little bit different to the men's. Does it's it? blue on blue on blue. And then away is white on blue on white. So yeah, there's, there's those sort of things to think about and making sure everyone's got kit and making sure everyone knows where they are supposed to be on a certain day. Tell me, are they like the boys? Are they, you know, cause some of the boys are hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> are the girls a bit better or what? I think the percentage of girls. <laughs> That are hopeless is less. Okay. There's still maybe one There's still or two. But you, you've got to love them for it, that's for sure. And logistics is a big part because obviously there's still girls that commute from the coast and probably further down south and north. Yep. There's logistics of getting to training but also getting to games, right? Yeah. So, I mean, with our away games in particular, we'll meet the day before and we either travel – before captain's run or we'll travel and then do captain's run in the location where we're playing. Um, so everyone does come and meet. They'll have to park at the airport or um, or here at entertainment quarter depending on where we're meeting. We'll all get to the airport together just so that, you know, you, you stay as a team. And then for our home games that are here, yeah, they have to come up. The, they'll stay after captain's run rather than going home because that's just – it's not, yeah, not worth it. Not no, worth too it. much. Yeah, yeah. They stay up in Sydney. And I suppose the, the important thing here too, to recognise is this is kind of one half of the job you do here at the Roosters. You're also part of the finance team. So yep. how, how do you go managing all this? Uh, I, this year has been a bit easier. We've got more people in the finance team this year and I've been able to um, offload some of my jobs. There's still some things that I'm still – um, doing like the contracting and player payroll and things like that. So, but yeah, we have a good team in the finance group, and um, so I'm I'm lucky that yeah I'm not too overloaded. But there's still a bit of balance. What do you, what do you prefer, Dee? You can share it with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just you between us. With, you want to stay with the girls, or you want to stay Strangies with the, stay next with the money? To too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mixed listening, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I love it all. To be honest, I really just enjoy being part of the club in general. And, you know, I guess having been around for so long, yeah, it, it does extend more than just beyond finance as well. You know, it's um, if people have random questions about things, then I'm there to answer those as well. <laughs> just back to footy for a second, Strangey. We've just had the state of origin. Now, there's been a fair bit of yep. conjecture. You've got girls representing both states. What's been the feedback since the girls have come back into training the third game. I know I've heard both sides saying they would have liked to have played one. 
I think the fans would have liked to have seen a third one. But what's been the talk and uh, at the training? Yeah. Yeah, well, obviously the New South Wales girls love a third one. Mm. Um, yeah, Keely and Taz were okay with with the two, but I think what people have got to understand with the women's game, how it's growing, like it'd be a great spectacle for us to see three like we do with the men, but we've also got to understand that all those men that play in the origin, they're all full-time. Mm. So we've got probably 90% of the girls playing origin have jobs and families. So this is the challenge that, yes, obviously a spectacle, yeah, three origins, it's a no-brainer, but you've, you've got to have a look at um, the girls that are playing and their commitments and stuff like that. So it's, it's a real balance in the women's game at the moment. I, I think it'll get there for sure. I was going to say, how far away do you think that is that we've got full-time professional female rugby league players? I mean, I mean yep. full-time. I, I know we've got ambassadors, and but yeah. in, the, in, the, in the female side of things, it's, it kind of supports the ways that yep. they get paid by the club. But there'll be a, a Millie Boyle or a, a Keely Joseph that's a fully-fledged professional footballer. How far away is that? Well, I think it's it's obviously going to run in line with the the competition. Like at the moment, it's it's nine rounds plus two weekends for semi, so it's got to extend. So the more teams we get in, then it's got to extend because at the moment it's really for six months. So if you're talking about everyone going full time, they'd be over the moon because mm. they're getting full time uh, wage. They're overseas for six months. That's that's right. Yeah. <laughs> they're travelling. So I'll, I'll put my hand up for that yeah, as a coach. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we can go I'll strap that. the we'll, boots back on. <laughs> We'll hit, we'll hit Vegas for six months. Um, but no, so it's it's all going to run in line. And look, I don't know. Look, is it five years? I'm not really sure. But I think, um, you know, the, the, the NRL looking to put maybe another two teams in in 25. We've got to be really careful if we're following the model of AFLW, which we don't want to, because they just went, let's just throw, yeah. put all the teams in and then the product just bottomed out. Yeah. And then people stopped watching. So we want to make sure the product's still really good and um, make make sure that's strong. So it, it's going to be a, a bit of a slow burn, I think. But I, you know, but like I said, I think people have got to understand. We've got to show a little bit of patience. It's growing, and everyone's excited about it. But it's got to grow at the right rate. Yeah. So we certainly don't want um, what happened with the AFLW to happen to uh, the NRLW. I don't know what the numbers are, but I just know locally, Bondi United have got three girls tackle teams. I know the Clover Valley Crocs are playing tagged. I don't think they've gone across to the tackle yet. But the growth, I think, if you looked across the board, I think it's the women's games where, where the, main, the main growth is. I suppose yeah. you don't want to be putting too many teams. It might just thin out the yeah. the cattle a bit at the top end where there mightn't be enough yeah. top-line footballers but, yet, yeah? But, like, you're right there, Silky. Like, even on the Central Coast um, where I'm living, like, the Central Coast Rugby League have now got, um, for the first time this year, an under-13s, under-15s, under-17s, they've got an open women's competition so the the girls are there, but what we've also got to understand, well, they need time to develop and and obviously age and, and get up to that yeah, and get up to that level. That we can't have, you can't just have the girls coming straight out of Tasha Gale and going right. You've played like a girls comp under nineteens. Off you go in NRLW and you're on the big stage. Everyone's watching you. Make sure you don't you know stuff up. Like we've got to make sure that it's done at the right pace. So it's definitely building. Like I said, whether it's five, seven years or something, I think we'll get close to. You know the, ex- the expansion going right out to you know maximum teams, and then hopefully the girls, um, coaches, managers could be full time. <laughs> um, you know it's happy days. But like I said, for me, um, yeah, it's really important to do it at the right pace. So, for the fans, back to this season, how has the preparation been so far? It's been really good. Yeah, it's been um, it's been great. Even even having seven girls in Origin and they were out for those two week blocks was really good because we've got a lot of young girls as well. 
Um, some girls that are fairly new to the sport, a couple of girls have come over from rugby union. So I, I noticed in those two-week blocks when the, um, you know, I guess the more dominant elite players uh, weren't there, it enabled the other girls to really come out of their shell and, and have a voice and step up. And then when, when the other girls came back, we sort of were all coming up together. And that's what's important as well. Like, you know, we've all got to be, we've got 24 contracted players and four development. I'll keep saying to the girls, all 28 have got to play a part in this season. Um, so we, we all have to come up together. We can't leave anyone behind because then it just affects everyone. So having those, those girls out there actually really, really helped. And, um, like I said, I couldn't be happier and I can't wait to get going on Saturday. Yeah. So we take the Broncos on, uh, on the weekend. Up at the Sunshine Coast, Dee, I bet yep. you've been doing a lot to organise that one. Yeah. <laughs> first yeah. away game. Perfect, Dee. <laughs> first game on the Sunshine Coast for us actually and like I guess through COVID, I guess they had a lot of games being played at that stadium. So we're heading up to Twin Waters where our men's team actually stayed through the COVID bubble. So um, they're familiar with the Roosters and um, <laughs> it would be nice to get familiar with the place. They've got a field on the ground so we've got a place to – do our captain's run and, um, yeah, we'll head up on Friday and um, can't come back after the game because it's 7.45 p.m. kickoff. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we'll stay another night and come home on Sunday. Well, hopefully yeah. lots of celebration <laughs> <laughs> Saturday night. Just on a historical piece, Dee, you touched on the field that the, the girls train at, which is here at the showground, yeah. part of the entertainment quarter here at Moore Park. I know uh, just talking before we went on the air there, Stranger, it was the first place – a women's team ever was played back back when? So 17th of September 1921, the, yeah, first, that long ago, the eh? first ever New South Wales Rugby League sanctioned game of rugby league for women um, was played out here. And um, who, who, who was it? Who was playing? So it was Metropolitan Blues versus Sydney Reds. Right. Um, so Nellie, Nellie Doherty, who was the one that uh, – one of the – the girls that really partitioned hard to allow girls. Obviously, back then, your girls weren't allowed to play yeah. uh, rugby league or weren't meant to. Uh, she petitioned really hard and she was actually the captain of um, Metropolitan Blues. Um, they won that day. They, they won 21 to 11 against the Reds. And uh, another famous uh, famous name out of that game was Maggie Maloney. So she was with Metropolitan Blues and scored four tries. Uh, and they've likened her to the, the Dally M. So really? The, yeah, Dally Messenger of the women's game. So... There's a bit of there's a bit of groundswell around that um, within the women's space that the Dally Dally M will be changed to the Maggie M, wow. okay. um, and that's that's named after her. So, just talking to the girls last week about that, I, I think it's really special that um, that we get to train out there. You know, like the fact that it's there's a lot of history at this club, the Sydney yep. Roosters, with the men's. Um, we're a foundation in uh, foundation club, obviously, men and women, only only club to do that. But the fact that they can train every every session out on on the on the field, um, we're the first ever, and that's in the world as well, first ever game of women's rugby yeah. league. It's, that's crazy. Yeah, 1921. It's 1921. And they had they had up towards 30,000 people. Wow. So they're saying if you look at the old, I've obviously read a bit about it, you look at, um, so they sold tickets, up to 30,000 people come and watch, but they reckon that most of the crowd there were coming to sort of have a bit of a laugh, mm. um, you know, like, oh, this would be this would be yeah, a bit of fun right. to have a look and see, you know, they, they yeah, a bit of a jab, they can't play. But by the end, they were cheering, and and they they you know they really got swept up because these girls could play footy. Mm. So and the and the precinct itself was going to be a high performance area for both yourselves and the Swans. Is that right? Yeah, the AFLW in the coming years, twenty twenty five. I yep. think they were looking to break ground. And what's going to happen there? Do we know yet? Yeah, or is it still so in well, planning. Yeah, well, so at the moment, the, the, the our, our field sort of goes across ways, mm-hmm. but it's going to go back to going. 
uh, north-south, and, and basically how the ground was back in 1921. Yeah, right. Um, going to put a grandstand around, and obviously our, our building is, is going to change and get demolished and, and rebuilt. Yeah. So that there's a fair bit of money that's going to go into it. They're actually going to make sure we we can both train there, but also hold games as well. So, oh, fantastic. yeah, the, right. the plan is that'll be you know the, the girls' home ground, oh, you know, with a stadium. And, yeah, and sharing it with the AFLW is awesome as well. Yep. You know, like that's that's a, that's a really good thing for us. Great for women in sport, really. Absolutely, mm. yeah. As, as a parent of two daughters, my my two girls have just uh, done in the boots for the first time at school, but it's it's rugby seven. So uh, you know, I know they're watching. Yeah. What's going on in the league space? Because I live close to Waverley Oval, so so look out. Now, guys, really appreciate your time today. But there's plenty uh, being said uh, at the moment with the Hall of Fame being announced in a couple of weeks. Before we let you go, if I can get a nomination from each of you, I'm going to start with you first, D, because your eyes have just gone white. <laughs> Put you on the spot. Um. Oh, I guess I can't go past Mincat then. Yeah, I thought you'd go I, there. I, <laughs> I thought you'd go there. Well, like I could probably – there's probably a lot of um, older players, but I, I watched his whole career. Mm. Yeah. Um, like so it was pretty well, – I reckon was pretty be special. A, you reckon it'd be a short price to, to make yeah. it, but the criteria is pretty strict, but he's he's done everything in the game. Strangely, what about oh, you? Oh, mate, I was, I was actually thinking the same. Um, but then when it's five years or more, so we're obviously, you know, I'm looking at someone like Orbo and Friendy and – but they're, they're, you know, they're a few years off, so oh, it's it's tough. I'd, I'd go. Um, I'd have to go mini as well, to be honest. All right, there you go. There you yeah. go. You've heard it. Yeah. Well, guys, we wish you the best of luck this weekend up there against the Broncos. A formidable opposition to get the uh, season twenty twenty three underway. But more importantly, we uh, want to wish you all the best and thank you for joining us on Roosters Radio today. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks, thanks guys. guys. <laughs> G'day Roosters fans, I'm Boyd Cordner. I'm Jake Friend and you're listening to us both on Roosters Radio. Welcome back to Roosters Radio. Silky, as I said, uh, pre-interview and I say it post-interview, my opinion hasn't changed. I'm a strange man, which means... Uh, sure are, Bush. I'm a huge fan <laughs> of Coach You are Tom. really, yeah. really, really are. I'm in that camp, mate. Johnny Strange uh, can do no wrong in Roosters Radio and we really support... Um, it was really nice to have Dee on. We've known Dee for quite some time, and it's great to see her um, you know, move into that management role of the women's team and, and just the growth of the women's game and the embracing it, you know what I mean? I really look forward to this week's match against the Broncos. How do you see it? Well, Bush, I'm really excited for the game. 7.45 kickoff up there at the sunny coast. Look, our record against the Bronx uh, over the past couple of seasons has been good. We knocked them off both games last year. And I've got to say, I feel like they're a bit of an ageing side, the Broncos, when you look through their 1 through 17. Mm. We've got a star-studded lineup. We really do. And uh, it may take Coach Strange a little while to get them all humming, but I think, you know, with the longer season, with the more clubs, we've got nine rounds of football with the ladies. I think, uh, you know, it depends on what happens this weekend. I'm extremely confident, but I think we'll improve with each and every game. One thing I took out of the conversation the other week with Millie Boyle is the idea of playing constant football week in, week out. Loved it. They're going to get battle-hardened. Those systems and those partnerships will, will, will just improve with each bit of football. And, and as I said uh, prior to the interview, uh, the inclusion of some big names like Taryn Aiken, uh, you know, like Amber Hall in the in the forwards, there's a lot to like. So uh, I'm extremely confident. Brisbane 
going to be hard to beat, but I think we're going to beat them, uh, I think, 18-12. Oh, it's pretty tight. I think we've got a few more points in us. I think we, you're right, we have got a star-studded side. I don't know if I'd use the word ageing in the women's game because you know what they say about uh, women and their age, you don't mention it. It's like politics and religion. However, Suki, I think Roosters might uh, get up 24-12. 24-12, okay. So a few more points to the Roosters. And moving our attention, Bush, to Saturday afternoon up there at Seabus Super Stadium. We'll be up there. We're going to be going up there, cheering on the lads up there on the Gold Coast. Roosters taking on the Titans, both with plenty to play, both on 20 competition points, some key matchups. How do you see it? Yeah, Silky, it's a tough game. It's a really, really tough game for us. It's what we said in the beginning of the show. It's one we need to win. I think the attitude needs to be there. I think the effort needs to be there. I think the energy needs to be there. I'm picking uh, James Tedesco to have a whale of a game, really freshened up, really rested and well-deserved, and to come back and lead us into the finals with the way Teddy plays. In Teddy, we trust. Roosters, 22, Titans, 18. Tight game. Tight. We're still leaking points. We're going to fix it. It doesn't happen in one week. Bush, really looking forward to this match. Uh, look, for me, having Joseph Sawley back on the wing is a huge plus. Uh, obviously, Teddy back and leading the team around. Well rested, we hope. He's been up at Byron. I hope he probably didn't even come home. He's probably just gone straight up the goalie. That's what I would have done. You know, maybe got a couple of waves out snapper. Don't know if Teddy serves. But anyways, <laughs> be that as it may. Uh, look, I like the lineup. I like what I see. Terrell May is coming in for the injured Nafahu. What really disappointed to see young Nafahu uh, with an MCL He's been injury. going good, mate. Bush, one thing I do want to say now, we have the pleasure of interviewing Dylan Napper up there at the Captain's Club Welcome on, back, big on, uh, on Saturday evening. He's actually 19th man. Now, I don't wish any of our players to get injured between now and the end of the season, but I wouldn't be surprised if Dylan Napper does get another go at first grade between now and the end of the season. I said at the start of the year that I thought Dylan Napper would be a smoky to play Origin. Now, that didn't become fortuitous. But I said it because I believe in the type of player Dylan Napper is. And at the interview at the game on Saturday night, I saw a different Dylan Napper. On five or six occasions, he mentioned making the right decisions on and off the field. He seems just as lethal, just as large, but far more in control of decisions and maybe a little bit more mature in his thinking. Heaven help the opposition when Coach Robinson decides to call upon the greatness of that Cook Island enforcer. <laughs> Fair enough. Look, going through the players list, 1 through 17, I think, to be fair, we match up pretty much even across the ranks. Well, there's a few ex-roosters playing for the Titans, actually. So we'll see Isaac Liu uh, up against his uh, former front-row partners in Jadwara Hargroves and Lindsay Collins. And, of course, Sammy Verrills uh, scored a try in our, one of our grand finals uh, play, playing uh, for the Titans. So he's up against Jakey Turpin. But uh, a couple of big boppers, Fotuaka up against JWH, I think will be a good matchup as well. And, of course, this one is the mouth-watering one. David Fafida up against Victor Radley. So uh, I look for a bit of dominance through the forwards. I think the team that wins the ruck wins the match. Mm. And so for our boys, if they are going to be able to be successful, which I think they can, they're going to have to win the battle of the forwards. And with that, I say Roosters, 18, Titans, 16. Wow, another close one. Silky, I think you're right about battle up the middle. And I'll say one more thing before you bring it home. And that is... 
we always win when we play up the middle because what's happening is we're suffocating our edges by going a little bit cross field. And when we go forward and go straight on the back of that, we get Teddy, we create opportunities. One thing you picked up on Saturday night, you love, when we turn the ball inside, we mix it up a bit. I want to bring back the double lead from Minicello and in Robbo we trust. Well, that's it for this episode of Roosters Radio. We'd like to thank our very special guests, our NRLW coach and manager, John Strain and Dianne Michelides. You've been listening to Roosters Radio East to Win. It's not how to play the game, they play it hard.